This episode is sponsored by Marvel Strike Force. If you're looking for a superhero-themed mobile game, look no further. Marvel Strike Force is a mobile squad RPG that allows you to battle with your favorite team of superheroes and supervillains in a fight to save the universe against threats like Doctor Doom and Apocalypse. Your goal is to power up your favorite characters to complete missions, unlock gear and other resources, and beat other players in PvP modes like Alliance War and Real-Time Arena. The game is currently celebrating its 6 year anniversary, and they're letting new users in on the celebration by providing free stuff, courtesy of our unique link in the show notes. The anniversary consists of weekly events and bonuses, and if you complete each event, you can receive special rewards and skins. Make sure to log in each day and each week to take advantage of all of the new characters that are being released specifically for this event. This will be Marvel Strike Force's most generous event to date, so don't miss out. We've received a unique promo code, so new users can follow our link in the description and use the promo code MAXPOOL. That's M-A-X-P-O-O-L. Thanks to Marvel Strike Force for sponsoring this episode. Hello everyone and welcome to Slash Film Daily. Today is Tuesday, January 23rd, 2024. On today's episode of the show, I'm going to be talking about the 96th Annual Academy Award nominations. My name is Ben Pearson. I'm an editor at SlashFilm.com and it is just me today on the episode of the podcast. Uh, we have a lot of Oscar coverage up at SlashFilm.com. We're actually actively working on more as we speak, which is why I'm rolling solo today because everybody else is busy getting a bunch of Oscar stuff up and running and, and uh, on the site as quickly as possible. So uh, I wanted to run through the nominations that were announced this morning. And let's start off with Best Pictures. We have American Fiction, Anatomy of a Fall, Barbie, The Holdovers, Killers of the Flower Moon, Maestro, Oppenheimer, Past Lives, Poor Things, and The Zone of Interest. I can't say that there are too many surprises there. Um, That seems like a pretty solid category to me. Directing, we have Justine Trier for Anatomy of a Fall, Martin Scorsese for Killers of the Flower Moon, Christopher Nolan for Oppenheimer, Yorgos Lanthimos for Poor Things, and Jonathan Glazer for The Zone of Interest. Uh, I'll get into some reactions to that category uh, in in just a little bit. Uh, In the meantime, let's get into actor in a leading role. We have Bradley Cooper for Maestro, Coleman Domingo for Rustin, which is, I would say, a, a pretty big surprise given that Rustin is not a widely beloved movie, although that performance is, is pretty widely beloved. Um, Paul Giamatti from The Holdovers got a nomination as well. Uh, of course, Killian Murphy from Oppenheimer, who I believe has been the front runner for months at this point, and then Jeffrey Wright for uh, American Fiction, actor in a supporting role. Sterling K. Brown from American Fiction, which is really nice to see. He was great in that movie. Robert De Niro, Killers of the Flower Moon. Uh, Robert Downey Jr., Oppenheimer, Ryan Gosling for Barbie, and Ma- uh, Mark Ruffalo for Poor Things. Let's see. Uh, actress in the leading role, Annette Benning from Nyad, Lily Gladstone from Killers of the Flower Moon, Sandra Huller from Anatomy of a Fall, which honestly like may be the best performance of any gender this year, just like a towering, terrific piece of work. Carrie Mulligan from Maestro, Emma Stone from Poor Things. And then actress in a supporting role, kind of an interesting category here. Emily Blunt from Oppenheimer, Daniel Brooks, The Color Purple, America Ferreira for Barbie, Jodie Foster for Nyad, and Davon Joy, Rand- Joy Randolph from The Holdovers. Um, I kind of feel like the category is hers to win, the, the, the trophy is hers to win in that category, but um, we'll see if the, uh, the voting bodies agree with me on that. Uh, I'll go through the writing categories really quickly. So for Adapted, there's American Fiction, Barbie, Oppenheimer, Poor Things, and The Zone of Interest. For Original Screenplay, there's Anatomy of a Fall, The Holdovers, Maestro, May-December, and Past Lives. I'm honestly surprised Maestro made it in there. I mean, 
that movie is fine, but uh, original screenplay, I don't know. That's a little bit of a surprise to me. Uh, animated feature film, The Boy and the Heron, Miyazaki's final question mark film, Elemental, Nimona, Robot Dreams, and Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. And then I'm not really going to go through the rest of these. There's a ton of other categories and stuff that you can read at our article at SlashFilm.com. But um, yeah, those are the big ones. And uh, let's take a break, actually, and then we'll get into some maybe like historical kind of notable facts about these nominations and then uh, some sort of uh, snubs and surprises kind of things. So let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. All right. So as far as like historical, maybe notable aspects of these nominations. Um, I think it's notable that women directors have three Best Picture nominees here. So uh, we have Barbie, which was directed by Greta Gerwig. We have Anatomy of a Fall, which was directed by Justine Trier. And then we also have Past Lives, which was directed by Celine Song. This is the first time that three of the uh, 10 Best Picture nominees have been directed by women. Of course, only one of these women was nominated for Best Director, and that was Justine Trier for Anatomy, Anatomy of a Fall. Um, I mean, <laughs> this is like such a complicated thing because, of course, you want more representation. You want the the uh, nominees in these categories to like better reflect uh, the world and and how we live today. But also, like these are really great directors in these categories, and they made really spectacular movies. And there's only five directing slots whereas there are 10 best picture slots so like by necessity some people just aren't going to make the cut um you know i I think a a strong case could be made that greta gerwig deserved to be in here uh but then you'd have to boot somebody else out and like maybe it's yorgos lanthimos for poor things i I think the um the lineup would look just as strong if that were the lineup instead of the one that we actually got but uh but yeah your, your mileage may vary there um, Martin Scorsese got his 10th directing Oscar nomination. He passed Sp- uh, Steven Spielberg. So I believe he's the the now the, the director with the most number of nominations. So congratulations to him. Uh, Lily Gladstone, the star of Killers of the Flower Moon, became the first Native American woman slash indigenous woman to be uh, to get a nomination for Best Actress. Pretty amazing stuff there. And then John Williams has become now the most nominated person alive. He, he basically like broke his own record because he previously was the most nominated person alive, but he got uh, a score um, uh, nomination for his work on Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. He now has 54 nominations, which is more than anybody else. And uh, he also has broke his his own record, I believe, because he's now the oldest ever nominee at age 91. So uh, great stuff there from John Williams. Congratulations to the absolute GOAT. Uh, okay, let's get into some notable things that did not appear in uh, in these categories and these nominations. Um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem, a movie that we've talked about a lot on this podcast that we all really love and, and want to champion, did not get a nomination for Best Animated Feature, which is kind of shocking to me. Uh, it's a really great movie, and I'm very bummed to see it not in that category. It also didn't get a score nomination, which I thought, if if anything, maybe it would be able to sneak in there. Um, No Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse for score, too, which was kind of, again, pretty, pretty shocking to me because that I think that won our, you know, when we did our like slash film awards not too long ago, that was the score that sort of uh, ranked the highest on, you know, uh, collectively for our our entire team. Um, So the fact that the Oscars like, or at least the, uh, 
the composing the the musical branch of the Oscars disagreed with that is uh, is fairly notable. Um, Boy and the Heron also did not get a, a score nomination. Pretty shocking there because that was like I think widely considered one of the best scores of the year. So uh, evidently the Oscars disagreed on that front. Greta Lee did not get a Best Actress nomination for Past Lives. She was incredible in that movie. I'm very disappointed to see her not get in there. Um, Past Lives was my personal favorite movie of 2023. So to see her shut out is uh, a little disconcerting, but um, I guess understandable to some degree. Uh, All of Us Strangers, another project that was completely shut out, really huge bummer there because Andrew Scott... Claire Foy and Jamie Bell and Paul Mescal were just like fantastic in that movie. Um, Andrew Haig, also the writer director. I mean, I, I just thought that movie was really uh, something special and to see it not represented here is a big bummer. Um, Boy in the Heron did not get a best picture slot. I was kind of hoping that it might be able to sneak in there and, and claim one of the 10. Uh, evidently that was not in the cards. Uh, Greta Gerwig, of course, not being nominated for, uh, best director, a little bit of disrespect there. Um, you know, I, I think there's been this common refrain that people have when uh, a movie gets nominated for best picture, but that director does not get nominated for best director of like, oh, I guess this movie just like directed itself, didn't it? And, and you know, this kind of uh, indignation at the process of how all that works. Uh, again, I, I guess I like technically understand how that can happen, but um, it's still a, a bummer to kind of see uh, Greta Gerwig mistreated, I guess, in this way um, by the uh, the people in the directing branch. Um, and I, I guess I should say, for those of you who don't know, the people in the individual categories, the, the branches are the people who vote for the nominees in those categories. So like costume designers vote for the costume design nominees and cinematographers vote for the cinematography nominees, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, and then for best picture, it's a collective of like, everybody gets to vote for best picture. So um, the director's branch evidently did not think that Greta Gerwig's work directing Barbie was, uh, was worthy enough or or more worthy than these other nominees here. Um, speaking of Barbie, not getting proper respect, uh, Margot Robbie did not get a best actress nomination, which yeah. Uh, you just kind of hate to see that because her performance is really, I think the glue that holds the movie together in a lot of ways. And it's, you know, as we talked about, even when the movie was coming out, it it seemed like it was being overlooked at the time. And so I, I hate to see it be, overlooked in this way. Now, um, another person that was overlooked, Leonardo DiCaprio in Killers of the Flower Moon. I I think this is like one of his best performances ever, and he did not get a Best Actor nomination. So uh, I guess it's just a a testament to the strength of this year's categories that that, that's how it sort of shook out here. Um, Killers of the Flower Moon did not get an adapted screenplay nomination, which is pretty surprising given how um, a big talking point about that movie was how much they changed things from the book. And so if you're talking about uh, adapting um, a famous book and then also like almost re-adapting the approach to it, I, I feel like that's that's like extra, <laughs> uh, extra reason for that film to be recognized in that category. But evidently the writers disagreed there. Uh, Glenn Howerton did not get a nomination for Blackberry. Uh, Penelope Cruz did not get a nomination for Ferrari. She was great in that movie. Uh, May, December, this is a big one. No acting nominations for May, December. I I think a lot of people thought Charles Melton may have been a shoe in for at least a nomination for best supporting actor. Um, But not only did he not get recognized, but 
Uh, Julian Moore and Natalie Portman did not get recognized either. Um, the Iron Claw was completely shut out. Priscilla was completely shut out. I thought Kaylee Spaney, who won the Best Actress Award at the Venice Film Festival, was spectacular in the lead of Priscilla. I was really hoping that she might be able to squeeze in there. Um, Asteroid City got completely shut out. Um, and then for some that that maybe like didn't have the best shot anyway, that I just thought were kind of notable. Anne Hathaway did not get a nomination for her work in Eileen. I was, you know, just like selfishly hoping she might be able to slip into Best Supporting or something like that. Um, but that movie, I think, is just not not as widely seen or as widely loved as I loved it anyway. Uh, Chloe Domont, who uh, wrote and directed a movie called Fair Play, which I saw at last year's Sundance and uh, was dropped on Netflix. Did not get a screenplay nomination for that. I thought maybe there was a chance there. Um, again, kind of a long shot, but uh, one of those. The, the screenplay nominations are kind of like the Oscars attempt to um, to squeeze in stuff that seems like more cool. You know, sometimes that happens where like uh, Get Out or something will will um, maybe win a, a best uh, screenplay um Oscar, but not win Best Picture, um, just as a way, I think, of, of the voting bodies just being basically saying like, hey, this movie rules and this is really cool and we want to recognize this. Um, so I was thinking maybe there was a chance for that to happen for Fair Play. Uh, the Killer, David Fincher's The Killer, completely shut out. Saltburn, completely shut out. Air, uh, the Ben Affleck movie, completely shut out. And then uh, I think it's it's also notable that no movie from disney proper like walt disney animation uh appeared in the feature animation uh, category so uh, i think we've got the boy and the heron elemental nimona robot dreams and spider-man across the spider-verse in that category elemental is obviously a pixar movie but the other ones have nothing to do with disney so that's just like nice to see in terms of how disney has sort of dominated the way that uh, we've come to think about America. Uh, we've come to think about animation in America. So uh, that was, yeah, I'm, I'm very happy to see Nimona get in there. I would have loved personally to see um, Mutant Mayhem maybe take Elemental slot and, and knock the Pixar thing out altogether because I didn't really love Elemental, even though the movie was like a surprising box office success. Uh, but yeah, so those are some of the big things um, that I sort of noticed and, and wanted to point out this year. Um, Again, Sandra Hiller, like that, that's like one of my favorite nominations of this whole thing. I hope that I don't think that she's going to win Best Actress because uh, you've got Lily Gladstone and then Emma Stone uh, for poor things. Like I feel like those two are, are kind of neck and neck right now, at least from the, you know, the um, pundits and, and things like that seem to be uh, that from what I can glean, they seem to be like in a locked in a battle for Best Actress. Um, so I, I kind of doubt anybody else is going to come up from the rear and, and overtake them in this race. Um, but uh, I'm happy to see Cedra Huller nominated for Anatomy of the Fall. Uh, I love the fact that uh, Past Lives made made it into the Best Picture conversation. That's fantastic. So yeah, this is a, a short episode today. Sorry for the you know run, running solo on this, but um, I just wanted to run through the nominations today. I think tomorrow we're going to be back with a news episode because there's been a bunch of news over the past few days that I wanted to get to. Uh, and Sundance is uh, in full swing, and so we'll be back um, later on to talk more about that as, as things progress on that front. But uh, thank you so much for listening. You can find more about all the Oscar stuff at SlashFilm.com. I encourage you just to go to that website and click around. Uh, SlashFilm Daily is published every weekday, bringing you the most exciting news from the world of movies and TV, as well as deeper dives into the great features you can find on the site. 
You can subscribe to the show on Apple, Overcast, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Please subscribe to our newsletter, send your feedback, questions, comments, concerns, and mailback topics to us at bpearson at slashfilm.com. Make sure to leave your name and general geographic location in case we mention your email on the air. Don't forget to rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Tell your friends about the show any way you can. Thank you so much for listening, and we will talk to you all tomorrow.